High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, all you out there who have ever made a mistake that they just couldn't get out of. This is High School Slumber Party, the first 2020 summer edition of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where we some friends back in their teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the pool party's at my place this evening, and the slumber party, and every party, because thank God it's summer. And normally I would ask you about your homework assignment, but there's no homework in the summer. Just casual suggestions for what you might do or not do, what you might listen to or not listen to. Speaking of which, did you listen to Monday's episode? It was our sophomore yearbook episode, the end of our sophomore year. We're going to be juniors, guys. Well, you're going to be juniors, guys. I'm omnipotent. I'm every grade and every age and all that jazz. This is my show. Don't forget that. But it's more chillax in the summer. It's more relaxed. Chilling by the pool, drinking a Mai Tai, and if you're in high school, a non-alcoholic Mai Tai. Thank you. But uh, remember, if you listen to that episode, if you did your suggestion and listened to Monday's yearbook episode, first of all, I want to thank Joey Lewandowski for being my co-host on that. And more importantly, I want to thank all you slumberers out there for voting, thank you so much for participating and making our yearbook episode amazing. You can find out who won all the superlatives by listening to that episode on cageclub.me or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, cageclub.me. You can't rate podcasts on cageclub.me, but on those other places, I think you can rate podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, whatever's highest. Write us a review, if at all possible. And of course, hit that subscribe button if you hadn't already. The subscribe button is the most important thing you can do. The other most important thing you could do is tell a friend this summer about High School Slumber Party. Maybe, well, maybe if the beach is allowed wherever they are, when they go to the beach, they could listen to some High School Slumber Party. Or maybe some isolation by the pool, they could listen to High School Slumber Party. Or maybe some, I don't know, whatever summer activity you want to do that's safe, do it. But listen to High School Slumber Party. And again, if you listen to Monday's episode, you would know that you're not off scot-free this summer. 
I know it's not summer school like last year, but you guys got to work. And I'm making you make some money, and I'm making you make something to yourself and save up for college. And every Monday is going to be Babysitter Monday. You're going to have to take a babysitting gig. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to do it. You got to learn to earn your keep. But it's Friday, baby. OG High School Slumber Party Day. And we're just going to have some fun today. And boy, do we have a fun episode for you. Our first guest is a really awesome guest, Mike Manzi. You know him from being such a fan of this show. Also from his show, Third Time's a Charm. Also from Cruise Club and Cage Club. And today is a very special day. My Five Dads frontman was he the frontman i don't know but the member of my five dads himself mike manzi is featured on a bunch of podcasts today on the cage club podcast network we're celebrating the legacy of mike manzi and i can't wait i can't wait honestly to listen to every episode he's on today i don't even know every episode he's on today joey joey lundaski the godfather who mentioned it before he just told me that he's on a bunch of episodes today we were going to celebrate him so mike manzi Happy Manzi Day. Happy July 3rd. So I expect an episode from you as well, Manzi. Third time's a charm. So, so happy to have him on today. And our other guest is another great one. Charlie Talbert. Angus himself. And you could tell how passionate Charlie is about 3 o'clock high. 3 o'clock high means so much to him. And I can't blame him. It was an awesome film. I really can't wait for you guys to listen to this interview. And speaking of interviews and podcasts and I don't know. Special, special stuff. I mentioned that Charlie is the star of Angus, Angus himself. And of course, we had our Angus Revisited episode. He was also on our Fear episode, if you want to check that out on the archives. But on our Angus Revisited episode, Angus Strikes Back. Charlie let us in on so many cool secrets, if you will, or background on the whole Angus movie process. If that wasn't enough for you, he recently guest starred on a web series. As I checked out, he actually name dropped this podcast. So thank you, Charlie, for that. It wasn't just him, but it was Angus director Patrick Reed Johnson. And they were on the Ryan Stick show. Check that out. I retweeted it, but it's on Charlie's social media as well. Trust me, if you're an Angus fan, that is also a can't miss. So if I were an Angus fan, which I am now, I'd watch Angus. I'd buy the soundtrack on vinyl, which I did. I listened to our original episode with Kate Hudson. I'd listen to Angus Strikes Back with Kate Hudson and Charlie Talbert here on this podcast. And I'd watch this Ryan Stick Show episode. And honestly, well, you're already here, but listen to this episode. Because when you hear Charlie's passion for 3 o'clock high, it makes so much sense. So much sense. Oh, what a great episode we have coming up. In other news before... I refill my Mai Tai and we get to the episode. Really, really sad news this week. We lost the great comedy legend Carl Reiner at 98. Rest in peace, Carl Reiner. He's awesome. Comedy legend. I love the Dick Van Dyke show, so I was a big fan of his. But that just goes, you know, that's a shallow assessment of his career if you just say the Dick Van Dyke show. Maybe you slumberers are familiar with him as a director of Summer School, a movie we covered here. But again, comedy legend. If you don't know his legacy, please look it up. Rest in peace, Carl Reiner. I know uh, a lot of the guys in the network were talking about how big of a loss he is, but his legacy's great. His legacy's going to live on forever, that's for sure. Once again, R.I.P., my man. R.I.P. So, getting a little thirsty, uh, you know, just down to ice in my glass. I'm going to refill this. And in the meantime, put on your favorite swimsuit and pack your favorite jammies. Stay all night. But tell your mother you're staying at Brian's because we're going to get our party on. I leave you with 
a song from Three O'Clock High. Now, we didn't talk about it, but this is a very interesting soundtrack. It's a pretty electronic soundtrack. It's done by Tangerine Dream. This particular song, though, is sung by Jim Walker. It's called Something to Remember Me. It's called Something to Remember Me By. Class dismissed. Wait. If we're not in school, it can't be class dismissed. Um, I'll think of something better. This is going to be a fun one, guys. I'm really excited about this one. Off the bat first, my co-host for today, what are you, the resident senior, the super senior, the <laughs> yeah. expert in many, many things? Mike Manzi, you're here. So since, you know, since you're the regular, why don't you introduce yourself first and then we'll get to Charlie. Okay, it's a quick one. Mike Manzi, RHS, class of 97. Go Maroons. Go Maroons. And I'm so happy to have this returning guest. It's Charlie Talbert and actually the person who inspired us to watch this film today so charlie how you been and do you remember how to introduce yourself on high school slumber party i think so what's up guys charlie talbert here i wear bvds and uh i went to to tripper and class of 97 trojans go trojans (laughs) well of course charlie you were on our fear episode and that was very very fun Uh, this one's a a bit different but i think we're gonna have just as much fun talking about this one the film today is three o'clock high and right off the bat i'll ask you first charlie like what's your history with this film why were you so like gung-ho about talking about this one dude i used to get my ass beat so much in school oh. uh, even even my best friends were sometimes my bullies like it was it was oh. terrible and i wasn't a huge guy as much like uh, i like to use films but i was like that's not how it goes that's not <laughs> the reality this is not what happens and then i saw three o'clock high on I'm sure Skinamax or HBO, something like that at some point in my life. And I was just like, you're the movie that's real. You're it. (laughs) And it it captured my anxiousness in school. It captured the presence of how I felt. I mean, I even even worked in my school store. Oh, wow. Nice. And then I would hang out with the janitors. And, you know, there's that scene where um, he goes up on on the roof of the school. I used to go to every nook and cranny of my school. And I was friends with all the janitors in every school I went to. So I could either sleep in the school or like run around, drink with the janitors, you know, get free sodas, whatever it was. And I was like, this is the movie. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm a little passionate. Yeah, just like a little, little bit. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Had you seen it before? Uh, yeah, I feel like this was a mainstay growing up with HBO. And I remember watching this movie and, and just fearing the day I had to go to high school. This movie <laughs> just makes me think of like 
one long bad dream about we're in class with no pants and you have to take a test like that's the feeling i get watching this movie but i love it yeah you know buddy ravel was um the epitome of a bully i feel like growing up in the 80s and and such like that but and then uh it sort of switched gears a little more in the 90s and stuff when like you find characters like buddy being the more sensitive type that's kind of interesting but i mean i love this movie i've always loved it i haven't seen it in a long time so i definitely got some some new thoughts and ideas about it but uh yeah, I love it. Yeah, this is my first watch. I was familiar with it a little bit, but I hadn't really seen it front to back. It's kind of haunting to me because I've like alphabetized all the films that I've wanted to do, and I have this at the top at 3 o'clock high, so I'm happy to tick it off the list, but it, it exceeded my expectations. Again, not that I thought it was going to be a bad film at all, but I'm just surprised that this film doesn't get talked about anymore. Um, it's got an interesting story, like an interesting backstory about it. Let's get into it, but before any of that, Every week I read the back of the VHS or whatever it is, but this is certainly a VHS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic VHS. I, like, I looked it up. I have a lot of respect for VHS. My first movie was VHS. So, like, I, I was there for that transition period when everything switched to DVD. So I got nothing but love and respect for the VHS. What's interesting about Angus, it wasn't available for streaming for a while. So, you know, while doing my research, that was, like, one of the only ways you could watch it. Well, that's some of the best stuff about VHS is, like, there's still movies that have never gone to DVD. <laughs> yeah have to watch it on VHS sometimes. I remember the first copy I ever got at Angus. They had sent me a pre-case uh, like to get my approval on it. And uh, my name was spelt wrong on the back of it. And I was like, <laughs> you guys worked with me for like eight months. Oh my God. <laughs> and your name's not even like that hard to spell. The, they did the Charlie Talbot thing instead of Talbert. Oh. <laughs> All right. So here goes. Here's the back of Three O'Clock High. And it's a good one. Jerry Mitchell is having one of those days. He's late for high school, his car is a flat tire, and he's been sent to the dean's office. But worst of all, he's incurred the wrath of the feared new student, Buddy Ravel, the biggest, meanest, downright nastiest guy in class, who forces him into a fight at 3 p.m. in the school parking lot. Poor Jerry has just seven hours, a good supply of wit, a few friends, a savvy kid sister, and the worst luck of any kid alive to find a way out of this tough problem. As the clock ticks away and the suspense mounts, Jerry realizes there's no way he can avoid facing the muscle-bound bully in a fight that will probably be his last. It's brain against brawn in one of today's best contemporary teenage comedies. Pretty much, pretty much sums it up All there. Right. I like when they nice. have enthusiasm like that. <laughs> I got to tell you, the tagline for the poster is way better. They should have just put the, the tagline for the poster on the back. The tagline is, uh, Jerry Mitchell just bumped into Buddy Ravel. Now Jerry isn't thinking about math or English because at 3 o'clock, he's history. Oh, that's <laughs> Three nice. o'clock high. When school's over, it's all over. I like that. I like yeah. right. that's so much better. <laughs> I was like, stop wasting the type, man. You got it the first time. Um, and, and as I mentioned, this film, it doesn't have a lot of scholarship, but it does have an interesting history. I don't know if you guys looked it up a little bit. I'm going to probably butcher this name, but it's directed by a guy named Phil Janot. I don't know. Phil Janot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he mostly seems like he's done youtube music videos yeah but he recently did i mean not recently like 10 years ago did the film gridiron gang with the rock other than that he's not too active i was surprised to find he made that x like x-rated punisher short laundry day yeah i was yeah. shocked to discover that <laughs> 
I saw that too. That was interesting. But this film was actually at one point produced by Steven Spielberg. And I did a little deep dive of this. You know, he was actually had a heavy hand in the production of this film. It wasn't just like one of those executive produced by Spielberg things. He had kind of envisioned the film as more of a Karate Kid style. However, Mm. the director was heavily influenced by Scorsese. And the films that influenced him the most were After Hours and Raging Bull. Oh, After Hours. I see that. Right. And off the bat, I'll say this is one of the most unique looking and, in my opinion, beautifully shot high school films. I loved how it looked. But apparently Spielberg did not. He was very unhappy with the final product. He thought it didn't really fit into the Amblin portfolio. He thought it wasn't family friendly enough. So <laughs> what does Spielberg know? <laughs> <laughs> he asked for his name to be taken off the credits. Whoa, completely. no shit. Mm-hmm. So that's why you won't see his name at all. And a lot of people attribute that to why that movie ended up being a flop. Like at, at that time, Steven Spielberg, whatever he touched was kind of gold. So if this would have said a Steven Spielberg produced film, it might have got more backing. But, you know, he was just like, nope. <laughs> not not what I thought. But again, I really loved how it looked and just wanted to note that the cinematographer is actually Barry Sonnenfeld, who yeah. would go on to do Men, Men in Black. And- he shot a lot of Coen Brothers stuff, too, before yeah, he became a director. Right. Very true. This movie looks amazing, and, and yeah, style is the thing that comes to mind immediately. Like, from beginning to end, it just is unto itself, you know? Like, it just feels, like, so complete and unique. Uh, it makes you anxious. It, it does oh, exactly what it needs to do from A to Z. You're just like, when you wake up in the morning to, well, to, to when you save the day for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, I love how it was shot. I loved, you know, the balance between realism and, I don't know, non-realism, if you well, will. Well, like a little sort of like heightened mm-hmm. reality. Yeah, for sure. It gets a little surreal along the way, I'd say. <laughs> and... A lot of it was based on the 1953 film High Noon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was more interested to find out that that 2017 fist fight film with Ice Cube and Charlie Day was also based on this film. Oh, it's yes. the same movie, but teachers instead of students. Yeah, I had no idea. Oh, God, that's the only reason I watched Fist Fight. I mean, I like Charlie Day you know, and Ice Cube, but I was like, that's kind of a weird. I was like, wait a minute. I know this plot line. I know this plot line. <laughs> yeah, and again, it makes so much sense. And I guess for 2017, it would make sense to have more of the teachers than the students, because I don't know if that's exactly cool these oh, days with yeah. bullying and such. It's the only way I think they could have remade it and pleased everybody, because, like, you know, a bunch of adults are going to get knocked out by a kid in this movie. And that's how I was like, oh, that's interesting <laughs> nowadays. If you want to call Buddy Ravel a kid, sure. He scares me today, you know. <laughs> Let's talk cast quick before we get into some of our favorite scenes. Help me pronounce this guy's last name. Casey... Samasco. Samasco, yeah. God, I recognize this guy's face, and I thought he did an awesome job. I kind of wish I'd seen him in more. Where do I know this guy from? Back to the Future, man. So who is he in Back to the Future? He's, He's one of uh, Biff's 3D. friends. <laughs> right? Mm. Is that right, Charlie? He's one of Biff's yeah, friends? <laughs> He's 3D glasses, man. Oh, he's yeah. 3D. <laughs> but you also oh, recognize yeah. him as uh, Curly from Mice and Men. Oh, oh which is funny because Buddy, isn't Buddy reading Mice and Men? He's reading Mice and Men, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that works out well. I thought he was great in this. I loved his look. I love his kind of like okay, bad so, looking sweater. Dude, he looks exactly, like exactly like one of my best friends in high school. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was 
freaky because at the time I don't think you know I realized it because I was in school with my friend but like looking back it's uncanny and the funny thing is that that friend of mine who looked like such a sort of like a clean cut kid like was a bully so I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny those were the ones that got away with it too because they were like what I didn't look at me I would never <laughs> yeah, that's so true Richard Tyson though man Richard Tyson who plays Buddy Ravel what made this movie like dawn on me back in the day to rewatch it when I was younger was seeing him in the Fairly Brother movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about how much like these two guys must have really gotten along off screen and how funny to think of that this guy playing Buddy Ravel is just a normal guy he's probably like you know really charismatic and then yeah to think of him in like something about Mary I'm sure like you know he's got an amazing <laughs> sense of humor and it dawned on me watching him this time around like he is right. great yeah honestly like his scene in something about Mary is one of my favorite scenes in the film like the the way he plays against Ben Stiller in that scene uh, me myself Irene I think he's into yeah yeah but I think it was I think it was definitely something about Mary when I was like wait a minute that's Buddy Ravel like, <laughs> oh dude you are screwed Ben Stiller so guys also also confirm for me though he's not Glenn Danzig right because I'm I'm not positive about that either he kind of a doppelganger thing happening I could see that I could see that <laughs> Now, he's great. Like, does he have any redeeming qualities? No, but I'm still intrigued. And I still, every time he's on screen, I'm like drawn in. And I, I loved him in this. Oh, no, he has a redeeming quality, but it doesn't come until the end of the film. Oh, true. Good point. <laughs> he quite literally somewhat redeems himself. But, but I mean, while I'm watching, though, it's like, this is just a bully he is. Like, no remorse. And is he? I don't know. It's weird. Like, this time around, I was thinking about it. They're just kind of bothering him on his first day of school and right like, <laughs> leave, the, <laughs> leave the kid alone <laughs> yeah i was kind of pissed in the beginning you know when when he touches his shoulder or whatever i was like why would you do that first of all he's at a urinal second you know i just leave the guy alone yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah no you're right about that <laughs> and i love um kind of the caricature of high school that we get in this i mean yeah, there's realistic elements, but like how the newspaper people are, and there's like that video mm-hmm. crew, and it just, again, it's high school up to 11, and I loved it so much. Other people in the cast, Anne Ryan played Franny, who, she has a couple scenes in Ferris Bueller. Yes. Which is great, I, I love her in that, but I didn't really recognize her from too much else, but I loved her character here. I thought it was so funny and fun, and maybe maybe not the most fleshed out, but certainly interesting. I know, that's what I kind of loved about her, was she was just this spacey object that comes <laughs> And he's like, I can fix everything, my spiritual guide. And I'm like, yeah, I knew crazy girls like you back <laughs> What was her spiritual guide's name? Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember. Was it Ethan? <laughs> I wanted to say yeah. Ethan. Ethan. Oh, yeah, it Ethan. was? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's already dead, mind you. Their spiritual guide is already dead. He's <laughs> literally a spirit. Like guiding people in the afterlife, and they just give him like a regular name, like Ethan. It's not like you know Beelzebub or something. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. I think I wish she had a bigger part because I think she's there as sort of like um, like the competition with the other girl that comes in and out. Karen, of the Karen. yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. he really likes, and so. I, I just expected them to get together by the end of the movie anyway, but I wish there was maybe one or two more moments together. But she's good. She's doing sort of like the goth thing, I guess. It's maybe like one of the earlier versions of that I've, I was witness to. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like a character we see in a lot of these films, like the best friend who's right under your nose. But she's de- it's definitely different because she's not like completely goody. 
like perfect girl because she's got this weirdo thing about her, which I love. <laughs> well, you know, he's picking her up for school. So, you know, there's kind of a relationship there. Like they had been dating a mm-hmm. bit, but they had never really taken the next step. And, and this would be the catalyst. And then, of course, enter the Christy Brinkley type character. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Even with the car drive at the very beginning when they're racing to school and he runs the red light after seeing her, I'm like, oh, that's that's Chevy Chase and Nash Lampoon's. This is great. I'm in. (laughs) I feel like they had a real Scott and Booth relationship there going on from Teen Wolf, sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, Mike, that's very Teen Wolf. (laughs) I thought the sister was really cool, too. I I like these little sister characters in these films. She was played by... Stacy Glick again. Give, give me, give me a wise beyond her years little sister in any movie. I'll take it. I had this thing about the sister the whole movie, as in, was she real? Could she please not be <laughs> real? Like, I, there's, there's literally <laughs> one moment in the movie where she's real, and that's in the beginning when they pick up the friend and she goes, "Is all black the new look?" And her friend goes, "No, I just had a feeling about today." And they drive off to school. But literally, like all the other scenes, it could be him talking to himself. I feel like right. friend is like you know speaks the ghosts and stuff. Maybe she's like a dead little girl that that can communicate to him. his Who dead si- his dead sister. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, but it was so close. And I mean, Charlie, this is just the thing that I always go through. Is I just I always wish there's a Tyler Durden character in a movie, no matter like from Turner and Hooch to three o'clock high just you know i'm always looking for one and we got so close here right she had a lot of freedom and she was the only one in that school that looked her age (laughs) oh so true so true this is definitely a school that skewed older (laughs) just some other people i noticed and some big ones here jeffrey tambor was like the advisor to the school store or whatever i guess i'd be like a finance teacher oh what a great luigi he could have played at that age That Love jacket that alone, are you kidding me? The style, the finesse. <laughs> it was so good. But then Philip Baker Hall is the detective. Uh, we talk about him a, a lot on my other show, P.S. I Love Hoffman, because he's in all those P.T. Anderson films. And I just saw him recently in another film, and I can't remember what it was. But Spelling Bee? I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. But what did I do recently? That Oh, he was he was in a cheerleading film called Fired Up that I did for my cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, okay. why. It was very random, but cool to see him. And I love when he's playing these kind of detective characters. Super serious. He's got the great voice for it. Um, anyone else you recognize in this cast? Oh, John John Ryan. What do you call Mr. O'Rourke? Oh, yeah. And now I had an English teacher. I almost did not graduate on time from high school because I was away working on something and I could not finish my, uh, I couldn't get my reports done in time, my final essay and all that stuff. And I had to go to my Mr. O'Rourke, which was Vern Winkie, who was head of the English department. And I had to beg him to give me a passing grade because there was so much I had to do this this coming summer. And I could not spend summer in summer school. And he did it for me. Oh, wow. So what I did was I went back and even after school was over, even after I had my diploma, I sent the essay you know, and regardless, I had to do it because he, he did me such a solid. He's no longer a teacher, so they can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but when O'Rourke was there, I was like, yeah, that's that's Fern. That's Winky right there. Shout out to a high school hero. That's awesome. <laughs> and of course, the shocker, the shocker, shocker, the shocker. Yeah. Mike Pelleggi. Duke, the Duker, the guy that uh, first picks up Jerry in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? He's still acting. I love that. Oh, that guy really. is is Shocker in the horror movie. movie yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I, with the, Peter okay, Berg. Yeah, yeah, the Peter <laughs> Yes, yes, Peter Berg. <laughs> of course. Now, when Brian asked if we recognized anyone, that guy 
definitely jumped to my mind, but I couldn't rec- remember what it was from. But thank you for that. Yeah, so cool. it was crazy because Wojtek, who's not the dean of students, but he's like in charge of discipline and stuff like that, who Duker brings him to. I thought it was great that they both look like Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, this is not a place you want to be. But there was actually a surprising, not surprising, but really nice to see this person start from this era is Paul Feig. Paul oh, Feig is the guy he? that rolls up with the, the cart just after the bathroom scene with Buddy Ravel when we first meet him. And he goes, so I hear you're going to fight Buddy Ravel. You know, he's got that like quaff 50 style haircut. Whoa. That's Paul Feig, man. Who's wow. you know, currently working on like Fox's, uh, I think it's called uh, American Princess. And that's he's, a, you know, Ghostbusters, the redo and all that stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, he popped up in that thing you do as a disc jockey, and it's like a one-shot take, and it's incredible, yep. the energy. And he cracks up Hanks in the back of that shot, too. Hanks starts, like, laughing. And stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I did not recognize him, but that's awesome. I love that he's in this. That yeah. is awesome. A lot of familiar faces then. Yeah, I didn't recognize him either, but I'm, I'm looking at the credits now. I see his name. I'm like, wow, real down credit guy. But, like, that's awesome. <laughs> there, there's one dude that's way, like, ridiculously down the credits. There's two people I'm thinking of. The dude that bets on them, bets on him to last for more than three minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. dude looked like every one of my cousins in that area. <laughs> so that was the one thing that brought it into reality for me. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how they look. And then uh, the other, and he delivers his lines, even though he's got a few, but they're in very key moments, just so subtly. I was like, yeah, this guy rocks. And then, of course, the nurse who offers him a uh, cobbler after he passes out. That's, of course, uh, Large Marge from Pee Wee. Yes. Pee-wee's oh, Big Adventure. cool. Oh, that's yeah. great. I didn't yes. realize that. <laughs> so a lot of familiar faces in this film. This is a this is a movie with a lot of speaking roles, which is great. Because I love that because like, it's, it's realistic of high school. When you're in high school, there's just so many people and so much interaction, especially uh, for this kid. Everyone knows it <laughs> instantly that he's <laughs> he's got a fight at 3 o'clock, and he, he just becomes <laughs> the center of attention. And oh, it's so good. So yeah, let's talk mail. about it. <laughs> I'm writing a cartoon right now called Dream Team Machines with a friend of mine, and we're like in this week seven. And uh, we were talking about it. And uh, the first thing that happens to one of our main characters is he gets fired. And I go, okay, dude, so what's going to happen? Is he's going to walk out of the room and his buddy's already going to know that he's been fired. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm like, no, 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 no. Three o'clock high. And he goes, what? I go, oh, no. And we stopped writing the cartoon. And I made him rent three o'clock high while we watched it over our phones together. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true writing partner. Like that's that's a strong move right there. <laughs> I love it. It's it's great. <laughs> so let's talk about it. What are some of your guys' favorite scenes, just favorite moments in the film overall as we build to This is one of those true build to an ending ending movies. Well, I mean, the opening is just great because like that was me every morning, you know, like especially in <laughs> high school and especially like sophomore junior year, especially junior year when I was like really having trouble and stuff, but like yeah, that is depicted perfectly where, you know, piles of clothes and you're just like smelling something and wear and everything like it got me right back into the tone that I wanted and like a lot of this movie suddenly came like rushing back right from the jump start it's oh, yeah. a trip too right when you see that when you see him getting ready and all that you're totally prepped for a completely different style movie you know mm-hmm. he's just like wow, crawling around the room going through the drawers there's crap and pieces of clothes and they're there's the Pop-Tart with no icing on it because they didn't have icing on Pop-Tarts at that time, wow. you know, in the microwave with his clothes. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. But actually, uh, for me, one of my favorites is the the following sequence when they start at the school right after they're racing through traffic. When they pick up, uh, what do you call her? No, what's her name? Uh, Franny. 
And uh, they go to the school, but they cut to the school shot, and it's all the kids talking about this legendary Buddy Ravel, and it starts with Yardley Smith, Lisa Simpson of all people. Yes, she's, they're like, oh yeah, and he's you know he's this killer, and he's crazy, and he's come back for, and then they, they each continue the story, each group of people, and they just knock the whole thing on its ass as far as introducing who people are by actually having them kind of introduce themselves, the different classes of people, and I thought that was great. <laughs> Supposed to be a total psycho. I heard he broke another kid's neck at his last school. Then he got kicked off the football team for pulling a knife on a coach. And all the coach did was grab him, and the guy goes nuts. And this guy's supposed to be coming to our school today. After he broke that kid's neck, they tried to throw him in jail. The judge let him off. This guy ought to be locked up. Did you know what he did at Lincoln? They were supposed to be dissecting these pregnant sand sharks, but he refused to do it. He said sharks were his favorite animal. Create a psychotic shark lover. So the teacher grabs him by the arm and tries to take him down to the office. Thing is, the teacher didn't know the guy was a touch freak. Touch freak? Yeah. He doesn't like to be touched by anybody. He put the teacher in the hospital for three days. Just because he touched him? This guy is definitely on pill. That's not even the whole story. After he did it to the science teacher, they send the dude into continuation. And on the first day there, he got into a fight with the three baddest dudes. Seriously, total brasses. At the same time. Have you heard about his brass knuckles? The dude has brass knuckles? Yeah, always carries them with him. He uses them on special occasions. He hit that continuation so hard, his nose flew off his face. Serious? Totally serious. He's also got this thing about being touched. I heard he one time broke a guy's neck just because he touched him. Just because he touched him? He just decided he didn't like to be touched. That's completely weird. Does this guy play football? No. Good. Used to, though. Remember the story about the guy who pulled a knife on his coach? Yeah. That's him. Jesus. He was a continuation. He even took a swing at one of his teachers. And these guys aren't your average history types. They're like ex-cops or something. In fact, I heard they carry guns. He came here from continuation? Uh-huh. That's why they call it continuation, so you can continue murdering people and still graduate. What's this guy's name, anyway? It was so perfect. It was so just like legendary. Part of the, my favorite things about like exploring on this podcast is how they introduce the high school to you, whether it's the cliques or just the culture that's there. And they do it so fast and so efficiently. And again, this is one of my favorite openings to a, a high school that I've seen so far in this podcast. I chose right. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a really smart script like this is one of my favorite mechanics in screenplays is when they talk up a character before you meet them and you know they're building buddy to be this like like you said like a legendary almost like he's an icon before he even shows up right so he can't ever sort of meet your expectations Uh, but he does and it's great because like you're one of the students like you've got all these things running around in your head and you're wondering what's true and what's not and stuff and I just loved all that stuff. It was so good. And the pacing of this film is really awesome in my mind. Obviously, it's not a long film. It shouldn't be a long film. It's just one day. But as we move from whether it's class to class, just moment to moment, and we're seeing that clock, you feel it. You feel (laughs) like the gun to your head. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention that as the credits were rolling and stuff, Aaron Spelling is one of the producers of this film as well. Kind of knows his way around a high school, right? <laughs> well, God, I take everything I've ever thought about Aaron Spelling back then. Jeez. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but like again, these early sequences are really cool. Again, how they're setting up the school store, how they're setting up the yearbook thing and it kind of leads to you know his assignment for the school paper and he has to basically get to know buddy and then we have what you mentioned before charlie that really awkward urinal chat (laughs) i'm like this bathroom is perfect this is a school bathroom i guess it's a school in utah i was looking that up but they're in the bathroom i'm like yeah okay separation's good why why would you stop and i'm watching this (laughs) and i'm like don't just finish peeing like, wa- wash your hands. Stop telling. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he touches him. And then he just oh, touches God. him. And you can tell from his vibe when he's like, you know, he's, he's picking on him. He's asking him. He's, you know, hitting on him and all that stuff. And I'm just like, get the, get the picture, man. Even I wasn't that dumb. <laughs> what I'm trying to find out is you are Buddy Ravel, right? A narc? No, I'm with the school paper. What do you want, man? I just got to the school. I don't want anything. I, th- that is all. All I want to do is talk to you, see? See, they told me to write this stupid little piece about you because you, you're the new kid on campus. You're going to do a stupid little piece on me. Why would I want to look stupid? No, 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 no. You're not going to look stupid. N- not at all. And incidentally, just so you know, I don't care if you do all kinds of dope and shit. I'm I'm not anybody's narc, you know? Not that I think that you do dope or anything like that. I mean... Listen, why don't we forget this whole thing and pretend this never happened, okay? You're never gonna forget this happened. I want you to understand something, Jerry. I don't like it when people know about me. In fact, I don't like it when anybody knows about me. So you can take that newspaper of yours and wipe off your dick with it. You made me mad, Jerry. Now I'm gonna have to do something to work it off. Work it off? You and me, we're gonna have a fight today, after school. Three o'clock in the parking lot. You try and run, I'm gonna track you down. You go to a teacher, only gonna get worse you sneak home i'm gonna be under your bed of course he touches him and then they do that slow slide of his hand on the leather jacket on which every one of my cousins owned and i'm just like <laughs> yeah you're screwed yeah i mean i didn't know i didn't even talk to anyone in the bathroom even if i knew him like they were friends like i didn't want to it's no place for me to start a conversation or anyone necessarily yeah and jerry up until this point is shown to be like really sort of like smart and ingenuitive you know he, like you say put that pop tart in the microwave with this shirt and everything two birds with one stone like i'm like this kid's pretty smart he's got a good head on his shoulders like what is he thinking in this moment like he he must just be panicking or something and like i write some of this off as like he's a stupid high school kid as an old man now like that's where a lot of my brain goes when i can't really accept like behavior sometimes i'm like it's out of character no he's just 
18. <laughs> he's eight, you know, 17, 18, and he's nervous because he's now heard all these rumors from his sister about who, you know, continuation and how this kid came from continuation. And she's like, yeah, continuation is just so you can continue killing people through school. <laughs> and he's in the bathroom now faced with what could be his greatest fear. And I get that. And I love the c- casting of the extra the kid who's in the stall that comes out with like the little mouth, like uh, herpy or whatever, and with the like spiky <laughs> hair, and, the, and he comes out and he just like face to face, you know, with uh, Jerry, you know, and he just runs off, and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. That look <laughs> is like priceless. Like you, I feel like you don't get moments like that these days in in movies, or maybe there's just not this kind of care because more movies are made nowadays and stuff. But like that moment is like burned into my brain as a kid, where like this kid is just speechless, like he can't even talk. He just <laughs> stares at Jerry in disbelief. (laughs) There hasn't been this much power in cinematography (laughs) and the use of no sound since the French Connection. Anyways, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's cinema at its pure essence this moment. And then when he leaves the glass, you know, the mirror, when he steps away from the mirror and it's shattered, you couldn't break one of those mirrors. And yet, (laughs) I believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where there's like these little tweaks of sort of heightened realities where I almost wonder if it's just embellishment in Jerry's mind, you know, like he didn't really shatter the glass, but in his head, like he shattered the glass or something. <laughs> and just like the position he's put in now, like it's set up to this point where it's not just, I don't know how he's going to get out of it. Neither does he. Anything I thought of at this point, because again, this was my real first watch. So anything I thought of at this point, they thought of too. And they're like, nope. He can't just run away. The dude disabled his car or... The knife business and everything. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I thought of it too. I'm like, could he get someone else to beat him up? And we have that sequence as well with that other bully that he pays who he, he handles pretty cleanly. I loved all these elements of just trying to get out of it, like the pulling of the fire alarm. Which Angus did a nod to. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah, that is true. When Chris Owen pulls that fire thing and his head pops down, the first time I saw that they, they were doing that, because I don't remember it being written like that specifically, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, three o'clock high! Yeah! You know, like, I, <laughs> and the director, Patrick Johnson, he's such the nerd, too. And I was just like, yeah, you rock! That's you awesome. <laughs> You're a hero in my book. I always wanted to pull the fire alarm. <laughs> But I I always wish there was, like, an emergency where, like, I'm walking down the hall and the principal's like, Mike, quick, pull the fire alarm. (laughs) There's no fun in that. Well, you know what? It would still be Adam and Eve. We'd still all be naked and enjoying each other's body if, <laughs> if we didn't have that feeling of, oh, I just, I just want a bite of it. Just, just a little bite. I'm a little hungry. <laughs> yeah, that was my tree of knowledge in high school was the fire alarm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Brian, this movie is like someone trying to defuse a time bomb, you know, for yes, the next yes, hour. That's <laughs> like that's the, that's, it's like an action movie almost. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And again, um, you know, you brought him up, but I love his friend how – He's trying to help him. You know, he tries to plant the knife in there, even though he says, don't put the knife in there. Of course it doesn't work out well. It just makes things worse. Again, with the fire alarm and such, like, he's screwing his friend so much that later (laughs) when we get our big fight scene, I did like how he came and tried to help him because it's like, yeah, dude, come on. You got to be here. Every time I watch that, every time. I'm always like, it's 46, 32, 15, not 25. (laughs) You know better. Yeah, I love it because he said it like so many times and then suddenly he can't remember. Right. That's the combination for those who haven't seen it yet. I'm the locker for Buddy Ravel. And I'm just like, you you memorized it, man. You can do this. Nope. (laughs) 
But that would happen though in this situation. It's right. It's so good. It's so good. Any other moments that you guys really enjoyed? Yeah, from the opening to the beginning. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing about this movie to me. There's no moment where I'm like, uh, just come on. No, everything. I, I mean, I'm like you. The whole movie. You've seen those memes or those little uh, gifs where the cat's about to jump from one shelf to another and they keep throwing up these weird math problems of how the cat's thinking about how he can traject himself <laughs> over to the other side and of course the cat falls. That's me every time I watch this movie. I'm like, well, what I would, how would I get out of it? Nope, 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 nope. There's so many moments. I fall in love with Karen even though I know she's just inter- interested. You know, but actually, you know what? I got to tell you, there's a moment. Oh, it's the book report. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was the beginning of my angst for redheaded girls and especially <laughs> teachers. And I had a teacher in high school that was a redhead that I had the hugest crush on. And I now know it's only because of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so wild watching this because, you know, within the decade after I graduated, it seems like a lot of teachers were hooking up with a lot of students. So this kind of felt like at the time, like something I could never imagine happening. Like, of course, he's going to get detention for this. Like, he's gone all the way, whatever. Like... Oh my god, and no, like, it's like more close to reality than anything else in the movie. Like, she falls for her <laughs> student. <laughs> That's a good read. Fast, angry, sexual. I was, uh, I was thinking about the syntax and how it affected the overall mood. Particularly during more expository passages of the fifth chapter where honey meets the whole Australian soccer team. In fact, I gotta tell you, it kind of made me think of you, Miss Farmer. There I was, in bed, reading my book, Honey's Adventures gripping my imagination. I just knew I had to tell you about a book that was this good. Hey, Mama. Jerry, I hope this is going somewhere. It's going somewhere. What's your favorite book, Miss Farmer? What's the difference? It's important. Dude, I'm going to tell you, I may or may not have, in my school career, kissed a teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So this movie uh, this movie influenced <laughs> the hell out of me. And I had a Caitlin O'Hina uh, running around, you know, Miss Farmer running around my school at some point, is all I'm saying. Not sure what the statute of limitations is on that. but <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying I may or may not have. It, it wasn't this particular girl, and it might have been displacement. <laughs> my first ex-fiance she was uh she was a teacher and i met her just as i was uh leaving high school and i was like you're a teacher that's all i need to hear you know? <laughs> wow 
this film's so formative in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I lived, I lived all of these films. I think my life is solely based on films. That's pretty much, it wasn't vice versa. You can't write a film based on my life because I, my life is based on all films. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and again, this scene is so great too, because that was one of the things I thought of, right? Like, okay, so first of all, the obvious one is just like, tell the principal or tell an authority figure, but they don't believe him. So it's like, okay, you know, it, it's almost like a prison thing. Get yourself in solitary confinement, but like get yourself into detention. And just his strategy to get into detention is amazing. Duke receives the note. In my memory, because I rewatched this uh, the other night, and in my memory, I was always thinking that Duker let the note go and it just flew away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's stuck in Jerry's car with the knife. Yeah, yeah. But you can clearly see that knife, uh, that knife mark in the middle of that piece of paper, and what that piece of paper says, and he just lets it go to the wind. I'm like, what? This guy is a true prick. It really did remind me of my own high school career when I used to get into trouble situations like this, and often it would be like. Yeah, okay, we don't believe you. Even, like, when all the evidence was there. So I know this was, like, (laughs) a heightened version of it, but oh, it rang so true to me. And and again, just, like, trying to get the detention with the teacher, and she's she's into it because he got, like, the cigarette, and he's so... Oh, yeah, dude. Smoking in high school. I mean, (laughs) at my high school, you couldn't actually smoke inside, but it was the days when, like, you know, you could have a pack of cigarettes, like, in your pocket and just, like, walk outside the door and everything and light one up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we used to go across the street, smoke cigarettes, and play hacky sack till we had to go back in. (laughs) So I I want to note this scene because, like, apparently this was Spielberg's favorite scene. What? Before he saw the final cut, he even asked for... So this character wasn't supposed to come back at all in the film, but he asked that she be put back at the end because he loved her so much. Again, didn't end up liking the film, but this is awesome. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) It is so weird. Well, God bless Spielberg. He does know things, <laughs> that guy. God bless him. <laughs> Again, I love how he ends up being like, nah, this isn't for me. But he clearly was hands-on enough to make decisions like that. It's kind of funny also how, like, you know, detention is only, like, prolonging the inevitable, right? Because, I mean, our detentions, I used to, I had a lot of detentions in high school. They used to be called 315s, and mm-hmm. you'd get out at 4 o'clock. So, you know, they're just going to wait around for him anyway, like... Not not the most sound strategy, but maybe one of his last ones left, I guess. <laughs> oh, that was it. Yeah, he was scraping the bottom of the barrel for what, how do I survive? And she's like, I got an idea. <laughs> Again, if you uh, even buy an hour from that 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock time, you're hoping it somehow throws him off or he yeah. has to go somewhere. You know, you're just, you're just hoping and praying. What, what else happens? Oh. Just the whole, you know, like he ends up paying him off at one point, but then he has that moment where, you know, you see that. And Charlie, you mentioned that they shot it in Utah. You Mm -hmm. see that like Utah scape in the background. He's like, no, no, I got to do this. Well, it's like, you know, it's like he called him a pussy. Right. And remember the days when like that's all it took for you to get some nerve and like go back and like stare down your fears and stuff. And it just felt so primal. And I believed it 100 percent because Jerry's like. You know, you can understand, like, maybe he's a little bit of a twerp and stuff, but he's a nice guy. There's no, You know, he's mm-hmm. like, buddy, let's be friends. Let's squash this beef. And Buddy's like, well, you know, you got to learn a lesson. And I kind of agree with Buddy, but it's complex. But I love that moment, too, because I totally believe 
Jerry's character when he does that, like that he would turn and make that moment. Well, I was kind of brainwashed by Back to the Future because every time, you know, Marty in Back to the Future was told, you know, he's a chicken. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, yeah? If you would have called me a chicken in school, I'd have been like, nah, and then flipped you off and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my ass beat too many times to know that you are probably right. that I am not going to win this and I have nothing to prove to you I'll see you later (laughs) yeah it's just like that's the point where just his honor gets questioned and then he goes back I think he's also being built up by uh, Karen like it seems like every like move he's doing it's just inspiring her he he gets invited to her party and such there's also the whole element where uh, you know he steals from the school store and he's (laughs) <laughs> trying to like look like it's not him or whatever. But. The beauty of that scene when he when he's now got to get the money to pay off the, the football jock to uh, mm-hmm. take out Buddy. He goes in there and he just destroys the school. <laughs> and I know how he feels because our cash register did not open at school. It was such a pain in the ass. And then when it pings open, I'm like, of course. You know, even the globe when he smacked it down on it. Oh, that was great. Shatters in half. And then it goes ting. And I'm like, yeah, that's usually how it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so gypped during high school because our school store was literally just like some candy and some pens, and like maybe a t-shirt or something, but this was amazing. Our school store was just like this school store. That's wow. That's awesome. Like, I felt gypped. <laughs> but I went back a few years later, and they definitely like turned it into a college-style bookstore and everything, and I was like, man, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest high school regret. It was weird. They used to like pump us up full of Cabbage Patch, uh, Cabbage Patch, Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> and kids. <laughs> Your timing to, is right, though. They used to pump us up full of sugar and then send us back to class, right? Like, just go down <laughs> to the school store for a minute. Well, I had mentioned this in the, the uh, fear episode. Is like, I went to all three of my schools, all three of the high schools in my uh, city because I had to keep leaving to go do films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, each school offered me something different that could help me get all the credits and things I need. Uh-huh. So this school was uh, Ruther Central. Ruther Central uh, were the Bulldogs, but they were also the center auditorium for the entire city. So uh-huh. they really did it up for the school. But that was the same school that I would go drink with the janitors downstairs. <laughs> you know, I had a key to the vending machine. You know, I was, oh. I was hooked up at that school. Perks. Damn it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happens when all of your family goes to the school before you go to the school you know they're like oh you're blah blah blah's kid or you know you're blah blah blah's cousin i'm like that's right i am connected i like it <laughs> well i used to have this thing before i would do uh any play in school even first grade i slept in the school the night before because mr chester was uh friends of the family too and each of these schools had like cots and beds and stuff that they would use for stage sets so I would sleep in the auditorium before any school's play that I did. Oh, what a way to get in the mood. That's also something I've, like, not not fantasized about, but, like, as a kid, I always wonder, like, oh, what would it be like to sleep at school? So that's that's pretty cool. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring because you can't go anywhere or do anything. Uh, Ruther, there was a hidden room. So, you know, like, when you're in a normal grand-sized theater on either side, there's, like, balcony seating and mm-hmm. then the special balcony seating, like, where Lincoln was shot, that kind of thing. I don't know what they call those. But uh, in front of that is, like, a great. But behind that grate was a bed and a secret door to get into that grate. So when he went on the roof, I was like, yeah, man, there are places. Kids are like that. <laughs> it's like a, like a high school with honors kind of situation where you find like, exactly. like a Joe Pesci living in your high school or something. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, yeah, my, my life was on the 
<laughs> and this school, like, it was definitely one of those like WPA. Oh, it looks big... like it looks like Arkham Asylum from the outside. <laughs> yeah, especially when they like, get like, to the was... courtyard. And it's yeah, that, it is. That helps a lot to be like, oh yeah, oppressed. <laughs> and it sets up so well for our final fight because there's just like this perfect area where there's just like layers upon layers of kids. It was so like the Roman Colosseum almost. It was like, oh, and it wasn't, you know, yeah, it, wasn't, they, it was real. It's funny. It's, there's like allusions to that kind of, they mentioned Troy a lot or not Troy. The movie was called Troy, but they mentioned Achilles fighting um, Hector, right? Like twice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, before the break, uh, before they get the fire alarm and after. Yeah. So <laughs> it kind of feels like they're trying to, you know, bring a little bit of those old sword and sandals sort of uh, imagery to this. Yes. Yeah, so, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about this final fight, which, you know, in my mind was awesome. And frankly, I know it's a different era, but I was surprised to see. I thought there'd be some kind of deal made, you know, where they would be like, oh, let's pretend to fight, but we're actually going to be friends. Because that's kind of what you'd see today. But nope, just a straight up slobber knocker. So what do you think of this uh, <laughs> final battle, if you will? Mike, go ahead. Man. Um, well, first of all, I, I'm with you there, Brian. Like, I'm just glad they fight. I even thought in the in the quasi remake with uh, Ice Cube, like I was like, there's no way they're gonna actually have the fight in this movie the way that like they should have the fight, and they do. And in this movie, like it's incredible, like the the amount of energy that happens and like right when he walks out of the door and the whole the crowd cheering and uh, I mean it's it's just epic right like this is just such great filmmaking everybody is just so on board and you can feel it you can just feel the energy it's like infectious through the screen and just sort of like all the different beats throughout it and everything and I don't know. I love it. Like, this is the explosion, right? Like, this is the time in the movie where, like, everything blows up. And, like, if it was a Mission Impossible movie, like, you know, a building would explode. Well, actually, nowadays, that happens, like, right off the bat. But, like, you, you get what I'm saying. If this was an action film in the 80s, like, shit is going to start blowing up all over the place. And I, I get the same sort of sense going on here yeah no i mean i couldn't agree more and just the 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 difference like kind of things that happen during this fight because one of the things i was wondering like well they can't possibly fight so there's so much security well you see buddy knock out that one jock with one punch right so Mm -hmm. you're like there's no way jerry's gonna survive this at all uh and i keep thinking three minutes in my head too just like that one kid who bet on him and then he knocks out the english professor or whatever yeah Yeah. whoa whoa (laughs) so like everyone's dropping like flies and then the other security guard comes out and he comes out he pops him yeah and that's when like the the superintendent or whatever i don't know he just kind of backs away and he's like i'm out of here so you're just like solved that issue for me i was like this is great oh no this movie's like this okay this movie's like a troll i've been playing a lot of mario maker lately and there are tons of these like troll levels in that game that are could be a lot of fun and this movie trolls you from every corner it's like nope you can't make that move you can't make this move like you can't go over here you can't go over there like there's no escaping this moment and it's also the beginning of tender i don't know if you noticed that scene uh when Franny comes up to Buddy Ravel and she's like, you know, that part of the scene where she's like, leave him alone. You, you got to go through me. And what does he do? He grabs her face and swipes left. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, yeah. 
I was doing stand-up for a couple of years and, and I, I remember having a joke like that where like my, my cousin was teaching me how to use Tinder and how I grabbed a girl's face and swiped left or, you know, <laughs> or swiped right to let her know I liked her and basically got kicked out of the party. But I was like, yeah, I mean, that's real. I mean, something is this way. He's blind. They're not thinking about gender here. They're just thinking about the human interaction. And I thought, this is, this is right. This is cool. This is scary. And this is amazing. You know, the fight sequence alone is just one of those things where you're like, what is going to happen? And then, of course, the sister, you know, the angel from above that does may or may not exist, you know, gets, <laughs> gets those brass knuckles. And oh, yeah. And then you got the whole, you know, Crispin Glover back to the future move. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Good yeah. call there. Kill him, No one's gonna help you now, Jerry. It's just you and me. Dude, brass knuckles. So th- this is definitely where I heard of those, and I didn't. I thought they were a movie thing for the longest time. I thought this was the only thing they were from <laughs> when I was a little kid. Like it took me like a good like five or six years to like see them in action other places. I think, but that's a crazy <laughs> touch. I also at this moment I couldn't get out of my mind. You know, I, I mentioned earlier I thought Buddy looked like Danzig. He also I think it might be the inspiration for Nelson Muntz on The Simpsons because <laughs> they have like a very similar kind of look to them. I don't know about that, but those are just other thoughts sort of going through my mind during this fight sequence. That's yeah. a nice thing about this movie. It's, even though it has all these tropes, these people, you know, that, that fall into this category, that is the last thing you're thinking about during this whole film is who's who. You're not thinking that he has a nerdy friend. You're not thinking that he's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he's kind of, ner- you know, on the edge of preppy and on the edge of, you know, nerdy and what his sister's stance in life is. You're just thinking about, holy God, this kid is dead. <laughs> you know, when I get to that fight, I'm not thinking about all of these setups now. I forget about the rest of the movie because this movie pushes you through every second with every tick of that clock. And it really gives you the feeling that, like, he has no choice. Yes, he paid him off, but in terms of, like, his pride or whatever, he has no choice but to fight the way he fights and take the help that he's given because this guy's fighting dirty too it's not like oh let's go mono and mono and like properly box here it really justifies almost every move it does even today and i know probably again this is not something that would be made today like two kids fighting but i think that like this movie was so much less dated than i thought it would be and that's because like the 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 plot holes are all filled and you're so right charlie at this moment you're just like survive man survive yeah there's no time in this movie where i'm like okay come Come on, get there. I mean, there's times where I'm like, come on, but not, yeah, yeah. On, you know, <laughs> trust me. I mean, I've spent so much time it, just growing up watching this movie going, how would I get out of that? How the <laughs> hell? There's no amount of joking that would help me survive, you know? And they, at the end, and Brass Knuckles, by the way, all my cousins had them. All my cousins had that leather jacket. Uh, you know, so there were a couple of characters in here that made it really real for me. 
you know, and they weren't bullies, but they were little badasses, you know, just the way my, my family's always been, except for me, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and, and when he comes in, Buddy Ravel, and the, the kids roll up and they're like, you know, it's funny you mentioned Teen Wolf, the first kid to offer money to Buddy Ravel for a sheet of paper looks like Styles from Teen Wolf, the best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, wait, it's Styles? No, that's not Styles. And then they're, they're buying paper and all that, and then the nerdy kid from uh, one of the nerds there that rolls up uh, with the black curly hair, he, I believe, is from one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And he rolls up and says something like, yeah, you know, we think it's great what you did, standing up for this and that. And I was just like, oh, cool, I love these little, you know, these little Easter eggs. But when Buddy Ravel rolls up with the money, it is the most subtle smile and acceptance and, and gratitude, not gratitude, but admiration for Jerry standing up for himself when he drops the money that redeemed that character for me and made me think about the whole movie about how the dude is just trying to survive and going to this next school. Yeah, he pulled out brass knuckles, but because it's got, you know, he's, he's got the Travolta rep to protect or, you know, the Kaniki rep to, to protect. And, and uh, I was really impressed with the the writing and the directing on this wholeheartedly that moment when buddy returns the money and like that little glint of respect or, yeah. or whatever it lands so hard like i love it because you know he is who he is throughout this entire movie like i'm so glad during the fight he doesn't go ape shit and wild and start screaming and talking more and more you know what i mean like he's a man of very few words he moves like jason Voorhees. like he's <laughs> just tactical and gets the job done and then jerry is jerry like in the fight he's ingenuitive he's trying to like do all these moves and think on his feet and all this stuff and so when that last sort of like face to face at the end of mutual respect is just like oh it's so perfect everybody gets popped and buddy rebel does such a great job Tyson does such a great job when he gets hit and he just gives him the what the hell <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like oh, okay you know and then just goes down and of course this is the second movie that you and I Brian have done fear where the, the, the bad guy just disappears just vanishes ninja vanish no one saw Buddy Ravel a 6 foot 4 you know 25 year old high school kid sneak away <laughs> <laughs> And then, like you said, his return is so great. And just this moment, because the one like lingering thing is the fact that he did steal from the store. And it seems like, you know, the administration is kind of only giving him a day, essentially. And then, you know, he's, he's going to have to deal with Philip Baker Hall at some point. I don't know. And, and he's just in the store. And when they just are buying the paper, I thought it was such a unique way to show that, like, all right, dude, you, you've gained everyone's respect here, including the guy who was just the most disrespectful to you the previous day. And then we kind of end with a weird, not weird, but like a little bit of a love triangle because it seems like <laughs> he's, you know, it seems like he's kind of going to be a thing with, uh, what's her name? Karen. No, f first Franny, right? Franny, and then Karen. Yeah. And then the teacher comes back and it's like, oh, oh. he's got three girls to choose from now. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, Brian. Um. Yeah, best ending line, opening line, <laughs> beginning line. I mean, dude, you just... I, I feel like this. We should have just invited the director here and just all made out with him, you know. Because <laughs> now you see why I recommended this movie, man. It, it, there's nothing but love from this film from A to Z. I love how it uh, sort of proposes like you could go on to think about a sequel in your mind where like the exact opposite day happens, where now he's gonna like have the most incredible day of his life. <laughs> like after that, just everything turned around. Well, in the sequel, he gets arrested for you know 
Grand Theft. And- oh, for <laughs> actually stealing. Yeah, that's actually, it doesn't matter that they all replaced the money because he stole it in the first place. Yeah. So it's going down. Peter gets thrown in prison. It's more of like a drama. It's a, it's right. a crazy thing. <laughs> no, no, nothing could possibly go wrong with Jeffrey Campbell. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Buddy breaks him out of prison. I mean, it goes <laughs> really off the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Jeffrey Tambor here is the you know voice of reason, the voice, the moral <laughs> guy in this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's three o'clock high. Uh, I think we all enjoyed it. So let's get to our questions then, our, our weekly questions. First, the Wooderson Award. Is there a character in here who you would have liked to see more of? Is anyone who we should have explored more of? I guess. Ooh, no. <laughs> no no i think they nailed it i'm kind of with charlie because you know this is jerry's story right and i feel like we get a good sense of how much he interacts with everybody around him throughout a single day right like if this took place over a week i'd, I'd want more of the girlfriend i'd want more of the sister all this kind of stuff but like it's just a, it's just like a couple hours so yeah no i agree with that and for that reason we really don't need a lot of these characters to be like fleshed out they're great in their caricature on this day that's what's so great about high school movies on one hand right Brian? like you must come across this a lot because there's central characters and then there's the peripheral characters and you don't always you know if the principal isn't really that impactful then like how much do you really need to flesh it out more than authority figure or something like that mm-hmm. you know I think this movie does that kind of well where it just sort of lets a lot of the positions speak for themselves like security guard is crazy security guard but like you know pretty much just doing his job and that kind of thing yeah no i I can't i can't disagree with that okay opposite question long duck dong award anyone in here who (laughs) you would delete from the film it doesn't have to be racist but (laughs) someone in here who you thought like just was unnecessary took away from the plot i guess dude i think one question answers the other i think everybody (laughs) had the right amount of time and one award you know scratches the other words back everybody had the right amount of time everybody served a purpose and served it well but wasn't there too long you know or wasn't uh, just so on their own even paul feig's character you know coming in and being like so i hear you gotta fight buddy at three o'clock i'm like (laughs) what how did you you know like that's genius yes there's nobody in there that I didn't have uh, that I I thought didn't belong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought they all felt like they were part of the same world too. There was no one who took me out of it either. So you know, it again did a really good job at this. Our third award is the Cameron Fry Award, and it's named th- that because famously Alan Ruck was 30 when he played a high schooler, though he was convincing in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But was there anyone here who looked too old to be an actual high schooler? And we kind of said it before. There are a lot of people in this. Maybe everybody. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh God, I go with I go with uh, no. I I think because the casting was so. I mean, both those guys were twenty five. I think when they made that film, both the two leads, Jerry and um, Jerry and Tyson, they mm-hmm. they really nailed the story, and they didn't go too young. You know, they if they had gone younger, I don't think I would have believed the movie because there didn't seem to be anybody that had lack of wisdom, even the little sister being the youngest in the in the cast just by looking at her you're like you know what i get it i'm in i wholeheartedly buy that she's you know the, is a junior and then you know he's a senior i'm in there's nothing that threw me out of it i think it is important here too that they they don't look like adult adults but they certainly look older i don't know personally if i want to see a movie of like actual like 17 year olds 
just fighting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so while, yeah, they did look older to me, it did not take me out of it at all. That's for sure. Yeah, I think exactly. it, I think it worked really well for the buddy character because you want somebody... I feel like, you know, you want the Jerry characters maybe building him up in his head even more. Like, look at this guy. He doesn't belong in high school. He belongs in college. Like, that kind of sense from, mm-hmm. from him. And I think it works for Jerry because, like, I get the sense that he's, like, a little wiser beyond his years. Like, he's just having a really shit day and, like, just put into a tough situation. But by the end of it, he comes out of it on top, right? Like, he faced his fears and all this shit. And so, like, I think mm-hmm. it helps to have maybe someone who in real life is just sort of beyond high school to kind of, like, bring a little more real-life experience to it. Yeah, that makes sense, definitely. I guess it's just going to be one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 67% by the critics, 73% by the audience, but we don't go by the Rotten Tomatoes here. We give our own report card grades. So from an A-plus to an F scale, what will you guys grade 3 o'clock high? Oh, God, I'm going A+++++++++. Plus, 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 plus. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let this movie graduate by the time it's in 10th grade. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gradu- graduating early and with honors, probably. Like, I have a feeling it's getting straight A's tonight as well, because, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm with you. This is an A film, very underrated. I'm getting I'm surprised it's not like a household name. It's, it makes it kind of cool. But also, like, the people who made this need more credit <laughs> because it's really great. It should be considered one of the classics of the era, that's for sure. Except for Spielberg. <laughs> Which, it, it's crazy. Like, I thought it was considered one of the classics. Like, I, I guess I just Charlie and I grew up in a different age. You know, no offense to you, Brian, or anything. We are just a little older. I guess that those couple years really mattered when it came to movies, you know? Like, I meet people now who hate Goonies, and I'm like, I guess you just had to grow up when there was nothing to do except go explore and get lost and do crazy shit as a kid or something. But, yeah, like, this, this movie just, like, always was around it always hit all my buttons when it came to watching films i'm just like glad i got a chance to come back and uh revisit it because uh definitely gonna watch it again sooner than later that's for sure okay so one of my favorite questions every week if you have to bring a three o'clock high themed sleeping bag over to the slumber party what does it look like oh go for it mike oh geez Do they, what are they selling a sleeping bag at the school store? Can I get something with the, uh, what was the school mascot? Did, does anybody catch that? Yeah, was there... it was a tiger. Yeah, tigers. And they had like a cool logo. That like, might be kind of A weak. simple logo. Like a Bangladesh tiger or something like that? A Bengal tiger? <laughs> Bengal tiger. Bengal tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, that might be kind of a cop. That might want to be something a little more interesting than that. Um, I don't know. I guess I might have to go with that. I might have to see what they have at the school store and just get the, the tiger logo from... This school. Did we get the name of the school, too? Man, I wasn't paying <laughs> that uh, kind of attention. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, it doesn't really even matter, but okay. So your, your tiger sleeping bag. Yeah, I'm bringing the school sleeping bag. <laughs> How about you, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I, there's so much we didn't talk about. The camera guys, the, all that stuff. Uh, you know, the hey, I mean, are... here's your chance if you want to mention it. Because the know, camera I... guys are awesome. I do love the camera guys that... Like, they're one of my favorite parts, especially at that in the last fight when he just shoves them aside. The guy's hat and stuff. So, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, God. I probably want a sleeping bag with uh, Jerry Mitchell clocking Buddy Ravel. 
<laughs> but the brass knuckles on the sleeping bag would be like gold glitter or something. Just you know, Ooh. just and it would be on a clock background. You know, Ooh, nice. And then the camera guys, when you pulled the hood over the uh, sleeping bag, uh, I go to a lot of festivals, so I have like a full cover sleeping bag. The, <laughs> the hood over the sleeping bag, it would be the camera guys filming it. So I'd probably go with something like that. That's cool. That's elaborate. I yeah. love it. I'm, a... <laughs> I'm picturing like a Photoshop version of that somehow. <laughs> from my background or something <laughs> okay so we're having our cool slumber party We've, wait brian what do you what, what do you bring in do, do you bring do you bring one or sometimes i do sometimes i don't so, so i think i call you me. out every episode because i forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah what sleeping bag are you bringing he's like it's gonna be the scorpion killing the cricket no. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was cool i did i did really like that 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 uh science class where you just watch they're watching that movie um I don't know. I was thinking maybe like it would look like loose leaf paper. That's oh okay. You know, that's nice. Was, was a okay. big thing of loose leaf paper. And then you kind of like fold yourself up. That's yeah, the most beautiful up. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so you you know, we, the three of us were gonna have this slumber party. We've rented three o'clock high. Oh, no. Now each of you get one pick. What other film are we going to rent to have our ideal three o'clock high slumber party? Oh God! I say we just watched this one twice. man i tried all afternoon to think of something brian like this always happens i always hit this roadblock but i I just came up with another movie with three in the title 310 to yuma (laughs) i think um maybe check out the remake i mean they're both great but the new one it's russell crowe right and uh christian ben foster Foster. yeah ben foster so ben foster's great in every role he's ever had i think uh that I've seen. Anyway, that, ben, I think and, ben we, and I are good friends. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, but 310 to Yuma, the remake, just because there's also a three in the title. But, you know, I think my mind went to High Noon as well. Someone mentioned nice. High Noon before. That was like an influence on this film as well. So a little bit of a Western vibe going on. So, sorry, Mike, there was a film you texted me about. You're like, oh, this makes me want oh, to watch. Dream a Little Dream? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could watch this and that in the same night, though. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that a oh. Feldman movie? It's the two Corys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the glasses. Uh, <laughs> actually, I do I do have the movie I would bring. I, I, funny story, actually, my roommate Chris, that I live with, he was in 310 to Yuma as well. Oh, cool. But, uh, yeah, no, I would tell you the other film I'd bring. I'd be like, guys, you think that was awesome? Ready to have your mind blown. And you guys would be like, what? And I'd be like, young Clint Howard, young Charlie Sheen, we're watching Wraith. Oh, the Wraith. Yes. When a young, a young teen is killed and then may or may not have come back from the dead in the form of Charlie Sheen in an awesome racing car. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. <laughs> Brian, you, you don't know about that? Oh, you're going no. alphabetical. You have to get all the way down the alphabet to get to this <laughs> movie. Dude, I'm coming back, Brian. We're besides the <laughs> Angus thing, dude. You got to do Wraith. Oh my God, man. Well, you've booked yourself then. <laughs> that's a good. That's like a good bully movie. I was trying to think of like a bully movie. Maybe like Christine fall, falls sort of into the same sort of category as the Wraith in a little bit of ways or something. But yeah, that's awesome. Good call. Yeah, wow. Christine was. I wasn't a huge fan. I, the only movie I ever really liked watching him in was uh, Back to School. With uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was Thornton Mellon's son. But mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, Wraith. Oh, my God. If you haven't watched it, as soon as you're done with this, don't edit. Just go watch Wraith. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
that's a high school film too wow i gotta yes i gotta write this down awesome <laughs> well anything else we missed in three o'clock high that you wanted to bring up i mean my oh, main yeah. thing was is that sister real and so <laughs> we never <laughs> well <laughs> one of the things that always freaked me out about that movie i was like wow that's really intense Two things. One, they've got the skin, the Panthers uh, thing painted under the stairs, which is, you know, the, the team that they're going to be uh, playing against that week. And then they also beat the hell out of that pinata of the other football player. Oh, yeah. The, the Panthers outfit and the skull comes landing in front of Jerry and they even got the red light shining on Jerry. I mean, I was like, what school is this that they allow? <laughs> like, this is an intense school. What school is this in the middle of Utah? <laughs> that they've got to have the duker as your security guard and this you know i mean it's wow i was like that's intense yeah i mean i feel like this is a film that if i watched right now again i would notice completely different things in the background and stuff it, it's chock full of a lot of cool things so again definitely appreciate you bringing it to my attention charlie and definitely appreciate both you guys watching and coming on the show today mike you first where can people find you follow you oh. your other podcasts you know the drill by now uh, cageclub.me. Currently, Joey and I are finishing up our Tom Tom Club run on Cruise. We do every Friday now. Okay, so they're both coming out on Friday, the new Cruise Club and the new Tom Tom Club, as we go through the careers of Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise. But I think this might be the last month. We're almost done with Tom Cruise. So the rest of the year is going to be Hanks, Hanks, Hanks. Uh, and then my show, Third Time's a Charm, where I talk about the third installment of a franchise is coming to a close possibly this is the last couple months it's uh, the final year of that but go check out the latest episode i talked to my gaming consultant about super mario brothers 3 and then uh, we may or may not go a little bit into the movie super mario brothers Def- jeffrey tambor was not luigi in that one <laughs> as he probably should have been uh, but yeah that's where you can find me cageclub.me for all kinds of back episodes and um, periodically on this show too like i am tonight awesome and and charlie where can people follow you if you want them to follow you Who knows? Uh, apparently they're just going to keep finding me on your show because uh this is this is kind of <laughs> like crack sitting down in a, in a room <laughs> talking about great movies that has shaped my life yeah you, you guys can follow me uh please follow me you can follow me at uh charlie talbert underscore big guy in the tie uh on instagram i i'm usually on that like a ton uh, and I'll interact with you. Absolutely. Uh, I do cameos and stuff like that, but you can also find me on Twitter. I uh, just started really trying to play with my Twitter account and, uh, I've been having fun with that. Uh, Facebook, I just do that mainly for family stuff, but, uh, yeah, Charlie Talbert underscore big guy in the tie. Can't miss me on the guy that looks just like me. <laughs> Love it again. It was a pleasure guys. Thanks so much. And who wants to say the final line of three o'clock high to end this episode? Oh, we're going, Mike. Mike, you you earned this one. You said it first earlier. It looks like it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> Great. I wanted to end that way. So thanks so much, guys. All right. All talk right. to you later. Big thank you to, first, Mike Manzi for once again being my co-host, if you will, on High School Slumber Party, especially for this episode, 3 o'clock high. Always appreciate having him on. And happy Mike Manzi Day if you're a fan of the Cage Club Podcast Network and you know all the great work he does for us on all his shows, my show, and all the other shows here we have on the network. So, Mike Manzi, I'm going to say it, the leader of my five dads. Bravo. Thank you, as always. And, of course, huge thank you to Charlie Talbert for once again 
coming on the show, giving us his insight, really, really getting personal again, talking about his love for 3 O'Clock High. And I'm not exaggerating. You can tell he loves this film. We have to do The Wraith sometime. Charlie, you know you're always welcome. You can pretty much invite yourself on this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much again. And guys, check out that Ryan Stick show. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Speaking of awesome, I think we have an awesome movie next week. I know I really enjoyed it. I haven't watched it in a while. And the film is Adventures in Babysitting. Meet Chris Park. Getting ready for the greatest night of her life. Hi. I gotta cancel. Now she's stuck babysitting the Anderson kids. Sarah. Mom got Chris to babysit for me. Chris? Her Are brother Brett and his best friend, yeah. Who is this kid? Stray dog. Take good care of my baby. I'll guard her with my life. What could possibly go wrong? Chris, I'm in trouble. Hang up and sit down. I'll be there in half an hour. Well, I'm just out of school. This is a night when things go from bad. To worse. Big city. Scum sucker. <laughs> Too ridiculous. Wanna go to bed? Hey, I like danger. This is great! You should try babysitting. And this is only the beginning. Your friend is dead. Chris can handle it. Sarah's probably hanging from the rafters by now. Sarah, hold on! I'm still in control here. <laughs> you could say they were having a bad night. Any problems? No, not really. If they weren't having such a good time. Adventures in babysitting. Think your parents will ever ask me to babysit again? If they do, I'd ask them for a buck more an hour. And you must know why we're covering Adventures in Babysitting. Because Monday is your first babysitting gig of the summer, guys. Get ready. Party all you want this summer. Celebrate the end of your school year, again, safely, depending on what your state's regulations are or your country's regulations are. But party all you want. But Monday, put on that sweater or that big canvas jacket or whatever whatever you want to put on to look like you're the responsible adult. And get ready to earn your keep and start babysitting with Adventures in Babysitting. And you probably know who our guests are. Well, at least one of them, Kate Hudson, because Adventures in Babysitting, if you remember, is in the Hudson Five, the five films that she booked herself while drunk on this podcast. Can't wait to talk to her about this film. She really, really loves it. And Joey Lewandowski, he signed up for this film a while ago. And we're going to see if this film withstands the test of time or not. Again, I really remember enjoying it, but who knows? Who knows? Even in 3 O'Clock High, I loved it, but there were some dated things in it. There were some homophobic slurs in it. But, you know, sign of the times, I'm not forgiving it. But it's something when we look back, we do usually discuss. Hopefully, Adventures in Babysitting doesn't have any of that. I don't think that's going to be the case, but (laughs) we'll discuss on Monday. Thank you so much for spending this summer Friday with me. Like I said, have a good weekend. Don't forget, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And I'll leave you with Electronic Legends 
Tangerine Dream on this 3 o'clock high soundtrack. We didn't talk about the soundtrack enough, but this song is called, it played a lot, it's just like a score, I think. It's called Go to the Head of the Class. Later, dudes. Don't forget to follow us on social media. It's over. Go home. Go.